there's more freedom and flexibility to be able to make the decision that I don't have to put up with something that I'm not happy with. Gone are the days where you, you know, you suck it up and you stay at a job for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. You can probably tell that what we expect from the workplace today is so very different from what we expected five or 10 years ago. The gig economy has changed how we work and what employers offer. And we now have four different generations working together. And that's bound to create some tension. So how do you make sure the company culture is working for you? Hi, this is Diana O'Leary with Job Talk Weekly. Today, we talk with career expert Sharice Wilson, founder of Workforce Ready Solutions in Rhode Island, and how to find common ground with your colleagues. And sadly, we hear why the TV show Seinfeld is no longer the solution to our problems. So sad. Let's jump in. Hi, Sharice. Welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Diana, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Well, we're glad to have you because we've been hearing so much about the different styles of the generations in the workplace, especially now that Gen Z is in the workplace full on. So let's talk a little bit just in general about some of the observations that you've had, and then we'll look at some of the trends and give some people some tips for how to maneuver. So just sort of start us out with just your general observations. Well, General observation would be, you know, um, maybe what, 12 years or so ago, 13 years or so ago, um, we saw uh, sort of a crisis happen in this country financially. And what has happened is many boomers today, uh, we're seeing that, you know, maybe they thought they were going to be retired by now. But, um, you know, with everything that has happened, it maybe has caused them to stay in the workforce for a longer uh, amount of time. And with that, that actually means we have several generations now in the workforce because now we have Gen Z that's beginning to enter as well. Yeah, and I think um, that's spot on about the different generations. And I wonder if technology has also made it so obvious to us. You know, if we would have had generational differences in the 70s or 80s, it wouldn't have been so associated with the phone or technology and texting. So sometimes I feel like it's very, very obvious to us some of the different communication styles that people use. So let's talk a little bit about how people can be on the lookout for these things. And I I do want to say that we're not trying to stereotype any generation, um, but we are trying to highlight some of the trends that you and I have seen in the workplace. And there's plenty of articles and data out there to show that a lot of generations have certain styles. So you just want to be mindful of those styles to see if a communication misunderstanding you have might be generational. So let's talk about the direct report and boss relationship, because that is always so key. What are your thoughts on when there's a big age gap there? Well, actually, I kind of have a little bit of a story about that. Oh, good. Um, so in um, in higher ed, and that's, you know, what where my background uh, stems from um, before I stepped away and began uh, my own career coaching business um, in higher ed there were uh, quite a few experienced folks in career services um, that were actually managed by millennials. And um, what 
what I noticed uh, with that uh, relationship was that, you know, many of the uh, Gen X or boomers were like um, sort of wanted to get that experience across to the younger generations. Meanwhile, you know, the millennials were struggling uh, with maybe they had the technology, but maybe not the experience. So mm. it was it was really difficult. Um, and you brought brought it up, the communication, the communication or communication preferences. That's something that we have to really be aware of, because what would happen is there was always constant friction. And the 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 problem was not sitting down and really uh, having open dialogue and communication when it came to that. And it really caused a lot of unhappiness in the workplace for simple things. Like, for example, how each um, generation may or may not want to conduct a simple meeting. Yeah. Right. One generation may want to have a Zoom meeting. One may just want to have an in-person lengthier meeting. Yeah. Another generation may want to just handle things through Slack and sort of instant message and get the points across. So being able to lay a foundation of open dialogue, I think, is most important because if you can't understand how or why the reasoning behind someone's communication preference, it could be frustrating in the workplace and cause, again, a lot of unhappiness, which is what happened in my uh, former um, situation. And did you guys tackle that? Did you guys have a conversation to sort of break it down and try and open up some new paths to communication? We sure did, actually. There needed to be some team building exercises. There needed to be that open dialogue, as I explained. We did all sorts of things. Uh, we did some disk assessments, kind oh, yeah. of understanding some communication preferences and styles and so forth. So we could really kind of dig deeper and and understand it. So you have to develop a culture within your organization that will allow for that, right? That yeah. respects all generations, respects varied opinions, and that the individuals um, understand that they can actually learn from one another. It's not, you know, one or the other, you know, They're, like they say, right, there's no I in team, really. And it's good that the management, and you were a part of that, took control of the situation and had some team building and had some communication exercises. But I think even in day-to-day, -day, people can just look for those cues from their coworkers. Is this a coworker who emails always? You know, or is this a coworker who pops in? You know, all of a sudden that person has told you their preference for communicating. So there's nothing wrong then with trying to respond to them in the way that they have communicated with you. That doesn't mean that you can't then have a conversation with the person who is only on Slack or only on Teams, but at least you start where they are and then they'll start to do the same thing with you. Oh, I love that point. Excellent. So true. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing either. It doesn't always have to be, um, you know, Zoom or always have to be in person. Maybe it can be mixed up and maybe through team building and some really good conversations, we can kind of create the culture that we try and sample different things to really be inclusive. You know, today we talk about an environment that's, you know, diverse, equitable, and inclusive. And 
even in this sample of uh, this conversation we're talking about, this is a really great way of being able to do that. Yeah, and I think so much of it is what you bring to these situations, to these conversations. If you have a healthy outlook, like, okay, this person is a very different generation. I want to hear what she thinks about this new product launch. I want to hear about how her, how she would approach something. Then you're learning. And especially if you are in some type of consumer product where you're trying to expand to a certain market, when you've got those people on your team, you should be listening to them and just asking them to chime in. In and benefit from their their outlook. Absolutely. And we can see there's a shift happening. Um, you know, we talked and touched on this a little bit um, ago about uh, Gen Z. Um, and Gen Z, um, by 2025, will make up 27% wow. of the workforce. Absolutely. So, really understanding one another and appreciating one another for differences. I mean, all that does is add so much creativity to the work uh, place, uh, so much uh, growth opportunity. And so if we embrace the, the change and the differences, it's really going to benefit um, the, the organization as a whole versus having that group think mentality. So if we can have like that paradigm paradigm shift to kind of think, wow, the more opportunity to to be with other generations, uh, you know, the more it will benefit or have a, a, a positive impact on the organization. If we can have that type of culture, it's going to be a wonderful thing. Well, and benefit then from their strengths, too. We talk about how Gen Z and the young millennials are digital natives, right? These are the kids growing up with the iPhone or whatever technology at their fingertips. So go to them first when you have a software issue. Go to them first when you're trying to figure out an efficient way to run your business and have them bring their strengths. And they will feel so good that they were a part of the conversation because they had something that, like, we might joke about kids being on the phone. But now that skill set is really coming into the business place about having us be more efficient, having us reach our consumer base because so much business is conducted on the phone. So kind of go to them for where their strengths are. That's right. And so that happens when um, professional development, training, growth, leadership opportunities are made available to all team members and um, willingness to do that. Um, if you have um, an organization where you can, you feel comfortable enough to go to someone with a different skill set and say, hey, I'm stuck, or um, I really like to get your opinion on that, um, then that's a really healthy work environment. You learn a lot when you have these conversations, by the way. You know, if you reach out to someone and you're trying to solve a communication problem and that person is really receptive, then that is representative of that culture. And that tells you a lot about what you need to know about that team. But if you reach out to someone and say, hey, I think we got off to the wrong start here, or maybe I misunderstood you, or maybe you're not aware of how this made me feel. And if that person dismisses you, tells you that you're defensive or doesn't even respond, then you have just learned a lot about that company culture. And it sort of accelerates then your your learning in the company to see if that's the right place for you. That's right. And of course, you know, um, from the career coaching or advising, helping people day to day with, um, you know, 
career transition, you know, one of the things that I often will talk to my uh, clients about is that whole, once you get into a job, you, you know, first of all, before you get in, you're doing that research and you want to make sure that that culture is a, a great fit. But another thing I may remind them about is um, that forming, storming, norming, performing oh, um, yeah. type of attitude. Sometimes we put so much emphasis on, I need a new job or I'm miserable, miserable in my job and I need another opportunity or I'm looking for the other opportunity that we forget to kind of coach around. Okay, once you have it, don't forget that you're still going to have to, you know, find your place in that new organization um, and be willing to to listen, to learn and to um, sort of um, find, you know, again, like I said, find your place there so you can be uh, as effective as possible. Yeah, because getting the job isn't the last step. It really is the first step of your next chapter of this journey you're on. So you've you've really got to take care of your own professional development. And I think some of these things that we're talking about, even though we're coming at it behind the lens of workplace generation differences, these are all just really great guiding principles for the workplace to listen to get to know your coworkers and find out what makes them tick and really just show respect for one another. And then if you have some self-awareness, I think that goes a long way. And that can be particularly helpful, too, when you are up against a, a cultural difference, whether it's age or anything. Like, OK, where do I fit into this conversation? How can I make this more productive? Exactly, Diana. So, you know, whoever's listening today, I would just say just as far as a tip or a piece of advice, if someone, you know, might be that's listening might be struggling with uh, generations in the workplace, something that they may want to consider is have a conversation, reach out to someone uh, that is a different generation than you are and 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 find out you know, just ask them some questions about what it's like for them. What is their experience in the work uh, place? And, you know, how do they see the the challenges or what are the benefits and so forth? Because, you know, of course, knowledge is power. Educating ourselves is power. But we won't know if we don't um, reach out to, to people and find out what their experience is like and learn from them. Well, I think that's terrific advice to definitely seek out those people of different generations because that can be a nice, safe conversation to have. Maybe it's your neighbor's kid. Maybe it's a niece or nephew. Maybe it's someone in your family that can shed some light because we don't want to just shut down and say, well, they're Gen Z, so they're only going to want to be on their computer. That's not what we're talking about. It's just understanding someone's comfort level and what they bring to the workplace and what can make that just more productive for for both of you. So I think that's a really great way of just starting to learn more. Um, you know, I think back at some of the jokes that we used to make in the office, you know, maybe several years ago, we might have made a Seinfeld reference. I can guarantee you, if I made a Seinfeld reference right now, <laughs> a lot of the Gen Z kids would be like, oh, yeah, that's the show that my mom watched. I mean, it just won't fly. So just kind right. of see what they're doing and see what they're into. Um, and and you can learn a lot about, about them and how they show up at the office. Oh, my 
Absolutely. Um, I actually this summer had the opportunity to have my niece, who is 11, spend two weeks with me. Okay. Well, you can <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> I don't have any young ones in the home. So it was such a culture shock learning about TikTok and learning about just all kinds of things and how she wanted to communicate uh, with us and also how she was still keeping in touch with her friends, quote unquote, back home. Yeah. And so it, I just found it fascinating and found that I learned as much. And I think she actually learned from us, too. How do we communicate? And yeah. now we just have a beautiful relationship. But it all starts with, um, like you had mentioned earlier, that respect, that willingness to learn. And um, we just have to be um, authentic um, and really um, just be honest and have those open communications, those open conversations about it. Yeah, and we do have to be really open to this new generation. I think you were so right about how now we've got people who are in their young 20s and people still 70 working in the workforce, mid-70s or even later. And that might not have been the case many years ago. So think of how different our lives are today. And, you know, there are legal protections for people who are over 40 against age discrimination, but those legal protections don't exist for the people in their young 20s. So there are plenty of people in their 20s who report being treated not very well and outright badly because they're dismissed in the workforce. Have you seen some of that from some of the people you're working with? Wow, no. And I appreciate that you've brought that out. Um, and you know, we're just living in really unprecedented times. So um, I think there's just a lot of pressure all the way around on the employees as well as employers. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen, you know, unfortunately, I've seen more, um, you know, on the age, uh, older age discrimination, unfortunately, in the line of work that I do. But um, we're here to support one another. But it also begins with, not playing into those stereotypes. Yeah. Not every millennial and Gen Z is great with technology. And I know that firsthand because I teach some career classes and it's very interesting. I, sometimes I've assumed that the um, students that are, um, you know, millennials or Gen Z uh, will pick up the slack when it comes to the technology. And sometimes I may know a little more in some cases or other ones will. So just um, not stereotyping and um, be supportive of, of people and appreciate um, where where we can all meet together. Well, and I think it's all about the individual. It's what you said before about respect and respecting what that individual brings, which is, again, a great guiding principle, whether it's about communication styles or their skill set. You know, we just need to get to know our employees. And that might be a little harder today because so many are entering their jobs on Zoom, online, or with these hybrid schedules. You don't get to meet people or get to know them in the same way that we would have before the pandemic. So, you know, the challenge is on us then to reach out to those new people and talk to them and maybe just say, hey, after this team meeting, why don't you stay on for another five minutes and we'll just get caught up and and have a, a friendly chat to get to know each other um, a little bit better because the technology is there. So let's go ahead and use it to our advantage, not just as a screen between us. I love that. The other thing I wanted to mention, though, is one of the things that I, I very much am seeing. I don't know if you work with a lot of Gen Z clients yourself, but the Gen Z group 
is very willing to just walk away from a job. They'll quit if it's not working for them, and they'll quit without a job, which I think some of Gen X and other ages will be like, oh, my God, you have to have a job in writing before you leave one job to go to another. But I think that just goes to show us the trend in freelancing and portfolio work with, you know, clients who have two to three different things going on. I mean, are you seeing a lot of other people who are sort of pulling together their careers now not working for one employer? Oh, my word. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Yes. Good. Um, we live in a gig economy. Yeah. Um, let's face it. You you can have uh, multiple income streams today and it's exciting. So you can um, have a passion or one or two or more. Yeah. <laughs> and that's OK. Yeah. Um, so I think that nowadays, uh, so to speak, there's more freedom and flexibility to be able to make the decision that I don't have to put up with something that I'm not happy with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honor the days where you, you know, you suck it up and you stay at a job for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And now also it's actually, uh, employers actually like to see a little bit of, um, you know, change and, and more in experience in that way, a few years here or there. Um, so, it's not frowned upon at all. And it's actually a good learning lesson for uh, that employee to be able to um, feel comfortable. And if you're not getting what you want, yeah, go out and grab it. Um, and that's okay. Well, you mentioned something earlier that I want to circle back to with this in mind. Some people just say, oh, I had a miserable day. That was a bad meeting. I need to leave the job. And looking for a new job and starting a new job is a lot of work. And there's no guarantee that it's going to be better than the one you have. So let's talk about how to make your current situation better. Maybe you want more of this flexibility, more remote work. You know, what would you say to people who, you know, might have had a bump in the road at the office, but want to give it a shot at making it better? We've been talking about it the whole time. Communication starts with having uh, open and honest communication with your supervisors, uh, talking to if you have one or more, whatever it may be, you know, what does the future look like? What are the opportunities? You know, what, um, you know, what is the culture um, allowing, you know, those types of things um, you don't know until you ask. So just up and, you know, quitting um, you'll never get the chance. Uh, you're not giving your employer a chance to to respond. And so you you definitely want to do that. So I would say start with start there first. Yeah. And I think we need to remind folks or maybe make sure that they think it through because they always feel like the employer has more power than they as the employee. And I think this pandemic has showed us that the tables have turned for a lot of people. And employers have figured out that it is costly it is time consuming and time is money um, to turn over employees and it is better for them to keep a good employee. So I think employers now are more in tune to that. They're more willing to meet you halfway. And then at least if they don't, well, at least you tried, then you can go out and find a new job knowing that you've done everything possible to make your current situation better. But I think that that confidence knowing, look, I gave it my best shot can only come if you have taken a few of those steps you mentioned oh absolutely for sure um we definitely want to give them the opportunity to to make the response and of course 
the ultimate decision is in our hands. Uh, do we um, work, continue to work with that employer? Um, are they flexible? Are they uh, willing to uh, listen to what we have to say? Or, or is it time to, um, you know, make a change? And, and that's something that we can determine at that point. So absolutely. And I think employers probably need to be in tune to this as well, because gig work, freelancing is so much easier today, you know, than it was maybe 20 years ago. I think a lot of people would have been hesitant 20 years ago to go out on their own. It seemed cumbersome. How do you communicate? But now it is so much easier. I think employers need to realize that they don't have all this power. So they need to they need to bend a little. They don't need to upend their entire policies. But, you know, if you've got a great employee, then you've got to figure out, you know, what can I do to support that person? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, We're seeing that now more than ever, especially, you know, unfortunately, we have the circumstances that uh, we're in based on the pandemic, which has changed the amount of people in the workforce, then gig economy, because people are remote, and you don't have to, you, you can have a business uh, remotely quite easily. You don't have to have a physical location to be able to kind of launch and, and try and put yourself out there. So we all have to be attuned to that and understand that. And it's going to what I can, you know, what I'm seeing and foresee is that there's a lot of challenges in the staffing and recruiting and employers are going to have to pay more. They're going to have to train more and they're going to have to really listen to uh, the needs of the members on their team uh, to have the environments that are going to be supportive in the ones that employees are drawn to. Yeah, how they're going to build their teams, because I know as a hiring manager, sometimes it's really appealing to think, oh, I can just use a freelancer or I can have this person part time. I'll save money. I don't have to pay benefits. But then there is a downside that that person may not be as connected. You can overcome that, but you have to be creative and you have to go out of your way to make sure that the freelancers and the part time employees are still included in conversations. They're still part of the team. And I think that's sort of that next phase that folks have to figure out, like how to stay connected to a company and how can the employer be, you know, so supportive of you and make it an appealing place. Because even if you are a long-term freelancer or you're working part-time, they don't want to lose you either. So it's just this new environment where we're not showing up nine to five, uh, 40 hours a week. So both the employee needs to figure out what they need and the employer needs to try and make it uh, a good experience for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, any parting thoughts as we have this very unique labor market that we're working into, Sharice, for any job candidate out there? I would say stay strong. Things are going to um, definitely pick up, get better. Uh, there is definitely um, the shoe is on on your foot. Like you have a little bit more power out there uh, with em- employers because uh, there's a lot more hiring opportunities. Um, take advantage advantage of them. Have uh, great conversations and um, ask for what you want. Don't be afraid to do that. And um, yeah, I think that's just about it. Well, that is terrific advice for everyone. Thank you so much, Cherise. We're going to put a link to your website. I know you are based in Rhode Island, but you serve clients all over. But it might be nice for them to know that you have um, that you're on East Coast time. So that might be convenient for some other people. Yes, no problem. And thank you so much for having me today. It was such a pleasure. Oh, this was great fun. Take care, Cherise. 
Okay, now it's your turn. We want to hear from you. Let us know what career questions you need help with. Send us an email to info at jobtalkweekly.com or leave us a review and mention the topics you'd like to hear. To learn more about our services or read articles with more career advice, visit our website, jobtalkweekly.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.